and welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get real about what it takes to become the wealthiest and happiest version of you. After creating my first seven-figure year, 12 months after having my first baby, I am on a mission to show as many women as possible how they can create tons of money in their online business with the most ease and joy possible. I'm here to inspire you and guide you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for our guest today, Julia Wells. Hi, Julia. Hi. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I am so excited because I feel like we have been connected online forever. Like, I don't even remember when we originally connected or how I literally couldn't tell you. And I've always like seen you. And more recently, like this year, um, as you know, like I jumped into your sales course and I just have been like watching what you're doing and noticing, like, I've been noticing you're doing things differently, at least than other people, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know like your whole background in your business. So I'm like excited just personally to like hear more about your journey and your story. Cause I think a lot of people are feeling into some shifts and some new clarity and things like that. So yeah, I'm super excited. Yay. Me too. I feel like I could probably talk. We could probably talk for hours, but we'll see what we get in this sweet, perfect episode. Literally. Perfect. Do you want to take a second and just let people know a little bit more about who you are, what you do? Yes, totally. So I'm just going to also frame this with permission to not have a fucking perfect elevator pitch. You guys, I make this up every time I'm on a podcast, whether I have to write it or say it. So I just like saying that to say like, I'm going to say whatever I want and you guys can do the same. Um, I call myself a pussy based business coach. To me, that means I center my business around the combination of strategy of pleasure and mindset. And those three things coming into a harmony where you get to be a full fucking human running a business that you enjoy running. Um, I think without the combination of those, it can be really easy to have it be like overly structured and strategy or all about mindset, but you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I feel like a fluke and a fraud all the fucking time. And without pleasure, we all burn out and die and wither away. And that's disgusting. And we don't <laughs> So um, I have a huge coaching business. I run my own podcast as well. I've been in the online coaching space for, I think, like eight years now and watched a lot of the different things, have a lot to say. Um, and I also, I would say like the first four years in the space, I made like basically no money. I was very confused. I was trying to do all the right things and not be myself. And when I finally doubled down on the mindset, the pleasure and just doing like, I run the simplest business. (laughs) Like I literally texted a client today, my launch strategy, and it's the easiest thing. Um, but I really struggled. I felt like I didn't belong here, but I was so frustrated. I was like, if everyone's figuring this out, like what? And back then it was like, cool to just make six figures. (laughs) Now that's like, (laughs) but all I wanted were like the elusive 10 K months, the six figure business. I like wanted to like see that I could do this. Um, and I actually 
did that very quickly once I finally got some shit together (laughs) and stopped trying to do what I was supposed to do and be like everybody else. Um, and so I hit six figures very quickly year, I think it was like year four. And then since then, I don't even know our company has done over $4 million in cash organically, no ads, very small list, just serving the shit out of our humans doing it in a very simple way. So I've kind of like played in the arena of blowing up really fast, but also struggling for a very long time. So I like to share that part of my story with people. So be like, yeah, I fucking get it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. And it can change. And it obviously it's not as simple as like, yay, but I want a quantum leap overnight. But I've I also seen it. seen the the like not glamorous side of what happens when you explode very quickly. Mm, yeah. Both sides of it. About- yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm like, where do we even go? I know. <laughs> I love it. And you know, being in being in your program, I've only been in that one program with you, but you know, there was the group coaching calls and stuff. I don't know. I love hearing like what people, how they like perceive me as long as it's good. <laughs> yeah, like, you can keep the bad stuff too. But like, it was, it was really cool because I feel like, I don't know. I hear people, I think maybe when people hear like pussy based business, it's like, okay, a little, a little out there, but yeah, I loved seeing you coach because it was so strategic. It was so straightforward, but it also was so chill and really honest. Like, I feel like you were like, not afraid to just be like, okay, here's the truth. I'm calling you out. But like, that's <laughs> so loving. Yeah. It's like, I feel like you just brought so many dynamics. And at the same time, I was like, I love this. Cause I feel like I'm very different than you, but very similar. I feel like I bring a lot of those same energies, but like just a different way. And I was like, okay, this is nice to see someone who's like strategic, but also like chill and brings a lot of ease and like, very like, it's no big deal. Like, just do this. Let it be easy. Like, there you go. It's good. it's like what Um, I wish someone could have told us yeah probably honestly did tell me sometimes but I was like la la it has to be hard no literally that's what I was just thinking sometimes (laughs) you just we think like okay yeah they say it's easy but I must be missing like a million a million of these things like let's back up to when you went from basically like six figures to seven figures I mean I don't I don't know the exact timeline what that looked like but Looking back, what do you think were some of the big, like what what were like the top things that really changed for you that made that actually happen? Mm -hmm. The biggest I think was like, it had to start with the strategies. Well, didn't have to start. What made me blow up and be able to like handle that and like mentally and without burning out. And I did it in a way where I still like, you know, maybe at most worked like 40 hours a week or something which is fine. But I feel like the narrative is it's like, you're launching all night, all day. But anyways, I like kept the same approach to how I sold anything. And so I basically was like, okay, if I can learn how to sell out a one-on-one, then I can learn how to sell out a mastermind. Then I can learn how to sell out a group program. And I was just like rinsing and repeating. And because of that, like, even if I was changing the program, the price point, the container of anything, I was selling it in the same way. And so mentally that freed me up to just go hard on mindset and the pleasure side of like, okay, I'm going to get decided. I'm going to be delusional. I'm going to work through my fears. I'm just going to like show up and fucking figure this out. Like how to hold the good, the bad, the ugly, all of the pieces, because I had such a simple structure and we still follow it to this day. And I just like, can't underestimate how, cause I look at other people's stuff and I'm like, that is the most complicated fucking thing. Like maybe like you could scale, but like that sounds terrible. And I don't 
want that. So me just like, you know, doing the mindset to be like, yeah, it could be this easy. And like, what if I really could blow up and like, just do this same thing really well. So like mastering the basics, mastering what like works for me to like move through my fears and negative self-talk and not trusting myself and procrastination, all the things I just got like fucking good at the basics really fast. And what do you think was different? Like before, like, were you just trying new things all the time? Like, what was the difference? Totally. I would not stick to anything. I was like, Oh, like midway in the launch, I'm uncomfortable. Actually, I have a better idea. Like under the guise of like, I'm creative. I have this other idea or like, Oh, like, it's just not like ideal timing. And I'm a super avoidant person. So I'll also just kind of like check out of things if I needed to. And so I would be like chronically underwhelmed. Um, and I'm like, there's so much to do. My coach would be like, what do you, what do you have to do today? I'm like, I don't even know. There's like so much and like name it. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to have like a website on. I just stopped doing like all the things. And I think I sold out almost everything at the beginning with like no sales pages, nothing fancy, half the time, not even emails. And obviously we built it up over time, but I just like, let it be so messy. And before I needed it to be like very perfect but I also didn't know how to do any, like, I just, I, I couldn't stick to anything to save my life. And obviously there's like no right strategy. Like, I feel like there's so many yeah. options, but for you keeping it simple, letting it be easy. Like what are, where do you think most of your sales come from? Like actually where they come from? Yeah. Like, is it like, what kind of is, how do you sell? Like, is it like just posting, like creating content? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally just posting. So I have a, a decent sized Facebook group of like now it's 5,000 people, but it's have been smaller over the years. Obviously, our list is half the size of that. My Instagram has been deleted twice. It like got up to 10K and then we got shut down, which was fine because it was like a weird old account. And then our second one got up to like 2K and got deleted. And now I have 200 people or something. <laughs> But my whole thing is like, the numbers never matter to me. I was like, build community, like be able to just give value to my humans, no matter where I can do it. And so my main places are just, and even my personal Facebook page, like I get so much traction there because I would say like 3000 plus of my friends are from the coaching industry because no one else uses it. <laughs> but like, they just come from those places. And it's mostly yeah. like overlap between all of them. So no, I love that. I mean, post like a crazy lady. Honestly, like that was really intriguing for me. Cause I was like, okay, literally. And I don't know if you think that this is like different than what other people are doing, but I just, I, I don't even remember what, like you wrote about something and I was like, oh, okay, now I'm hooked. I need to like follow her more closely. <laughs> Not long ago, just like at the beginning yeah. of the year. And like, I'm like, this is so chill. Like you're just writing Facebook posts. I feel like you can literally, literally tell, like, I'm, you're probably not, but like, I'm like, she literally could just be speaking into her iPhone. Like it literally sounds like yeah. you, like, I know it yeah. sounds so basic. Right. Yeah. I literally write. Like I talk, I write, like I'm texting a best friend there. It, it's just very conversational and casual. And, and that's it. Most of the time you don't even put a picture with your post. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because that's why I love, here's like our, our content strategy flow is I write whatever I fucking want to write on Facebook, no picture, no, not like it just whatever flow and inspiration there is goes on my Facebook page, my team pulls it. If we don't even post on Instagram anymore, but they would like pair it with a photo. If they're going to post in the Facebook group, they'll pair it with a photo most of the time. But 
that's it. Like, and they schedule old posts to go out every single day so that I don't have to be on. But like, that, that's it. Like, we've kept it that simple this whole time. And some days, like, I'll post five times, 10 times if I want to. And I have a lot to say. And some days I'm quiet. I'm so here for that's it. it. And my belief is like anything I have to say, people need to hear. So whether it's just like random nonsense, it's a rant, it's a tip, like it's good to go. Most of your content, you can just tell I'm like, this is literally just her thoughts that she's thinking. I don't know why I love (laughs) the fact that there's no pictures. Like I love it. (laughs) Do you? I I think it's great. Even at this level, like for me, I've caught myself because I'm always paying attention. Like what is all this stupid shit that I'm telling myself? Like, and it'll be like, I don't have a new picture. I don't have a good Mm -hmm. picture. I posted this one. It's like, nobody literally cares about the picture. If anything, I I actually feel like the picture in a fake way, it can get you more like algorithm attention and likes and comments. But usually it's because it's distracting. Like if I post a a photo shoot photo, people are like, Oh, this is so pretty or whatever. And if it's a selfie, like maybe I'll get a compliment, but like, then they're not really reading the post. Yeah. So it's like, okay, at least even if I got less engagement, at least I know it's because you read my fucking post. And did you ever used to get in your head about the numbers? Cause I do feel like the numbers that you have on your platforms don't make sense. <laughs> I'm like I what I think, you know, you need to have to have a seven figure business or what we, yeah. you know, we hear about yeah. like conversion rates and yada yada. Of like, of course. Was I there a point where decided, you were that? Um, maybe a tiny bit, but I think I decided early on like metrics really don't matter. Metrics don't pay our bills, and I like those are affirmations I've probably have been saying for seven or eight years at this point. So yeah. they're that, like even before I was making money. Um. I just, yeah, I was really focused on building relationships and I had used social media to like make friends and build community before I had a business. And so I think I just knew the power it could have when used for good. And I was like, yeah, I want that vibe. And if anything, I really struggled at the beginning to sell and like get those, like anything like that. So I was like, oh, I'm good at getting engagement on my posts because they're valuable and they're interesting. So yeah. So I, I mean, my affirmations are like the algorithm loves me. It doesn't fucking matter. The right people will see my posts at the right time. Anything I have to say is valuable and gets to go on social. I don't pay attention to metrics. I literally have an affirmation. That's like, my numbers don't make sense. Like I defy algorithms. I defy conversion rates. I don't track them. I, I don't care. They don't matter. I am like playing a different game. I love it. I'm so here for it. You mentioned once you started like being at this like seven figure mark, there being some like not so pretty size to it. Yeah. Tell me. (laughs) Totally. I think it's, it's almost just like anything where you're like, it's so easy to fall into the trap of like, oh, when I get to this, like illustrious, whatever number it is for any of us, like I played this at 10 K hundred K of like, then everything will be perfect. It's like, just like anything, if I lose the weight, if I get the relationship, if I have it, you're like, oh, motherfucking surprise. And it, 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 you're still a human. Your clients are still a human. And because we grew so quickly, there was just times where it was like, oh my God, if we don't slow down and like fix our back end and um, even just let me get regulated to this, we're not going to be able to, to sustain. So like, even though they're good problems, they still feel like problems as a business owner. Like, 
shit, my team is not what I need them to be. And some of this is my fault. (laughs) What do I have to do? Or even just like the mental game of slowing down and not selling. Like it can be very addictive to get the hits. Like I think less than like metrics on social, I can get really hooked into the money thing. Like I'll check my strife and I like want that dopamine hit a conversion. So like the periods where I'm like, oh my God, I need to like back off this and stop selling. Like those have been hard moments. Just having more clients is hard. My clients tend to like all clients are human, but I feel like I have lots of unruly humans and they're doing wild shit on the internet. And I love that. And it just, I feel like it comes with some chaos. They're very, everyone's very strong personality. So just learning how to be a leader that's like, oh, damn, like, these are hard conversations I didn't think I was going to have to be having. Like, how do I do this, whether it's team or clients or whatever, taking care of myself, even just like having a lot of money and figuring out what the fuck to do with it was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah, like first world problems, but literally... (laughs) Oh my God. My first, I didn't pay quarterly taxes the year I blew up. And so I had to pay a tax bill that was like 250 grand. And I like vomited. I was like, uh, again, these sound like champagne problems, but you get there and you're just like, uh, holy fuck. Like nobody prepared me for this. And like, also like, who do I talk to? Who am I going to call and be like, well, yeah, I have to pay a quarterly tax bill. I would be like, eat one, Julia. Like you just made a million dollars. We don't care. Um, but it, and, and also it's just like the energy of holding that many humans. Like I care about my clients. I don't say this, say other people don't, but I deeply care. Um, and so just like feeling the, their disappointment or holding that many people's visions and just like being able to be that connected in that many people's lives and business was also really intense. And, um, I think takes a big emotional toll. Yeah. I mean, how do you, like, I love this conversation too, of like, sometimes you have to intentionally slow down Uh and you, you may or may not want to. And I think, I think that's the misconception is like a lot of the time you don't want to like, it's not to, and like, just go, 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 go. And I think the common way of thinking in this space is like, a, a lot of people think monthly. So it's not like, okay, I'm gonna have a million dollar year. It's like, I'm gonna have 80 to hundred K months every Mm -hmm. month. And then it's like launch, 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 launch. Like you mentioned a little bit like what this looks like for you, but I'd love to just go a little bit deeper into like Mm -hmm. what that has looked like for you. Yeah. So luckily, like one thing that I was really clear about from the beginning is like, I wanted recurring revenue. So I really, I think opposite to the coaching industry, I really incentivize my people to do payment plans. So I never have discounts for people paying in full. I like, there's no tax on it. If you want a payment plan, because to me, I'm like, Oh, fuck. Yeah. If I know my income is where it is for three, six, 12 months, that does like logically and strategically buy me time to back off. So even if emotionally, it was like hard to come down from the dopamine hits of like huge launches and new clients and like braggy numbers, I could also look at my financials and be like, Oh, and I'm fine. Whereas a lot of people just get trapped in a game where it's like, if you don't sell, you don't make money that month. And that's extremely exhausting. So strategically setting it up that way definitely helped. And then it really was like a mindset and emotional game of like, okay, how do I get myself to slow down? And um, even holding that because, you know, there's stuff that comes up like, are my clients going to think that, 
you know, something's wrong if I'm just like quiet in this season or I don't have these huge brags or whatever things look like. And so, you know, that take a toll, took a toll. And it's also just like, you're, it's like jarring energetically to go from like, okay, like what's next? What do we have to do to be like, what we have to do is chill the fuck out. (laughs) Stop doing things. Um, so that's been some periods where like it definitely was hard, but I think I've also practiced little bits along the way. Like I sold out my one-on-one and mastermind and then I paused and did my podcast launch, which really set me up well. But I remember so much my, my coach was like, you have to stop selling. Like you, like, please stop (laughs) for a second. I was like, no, (laughs) even like learning how to say no to clients. Like when, when all you wanted is to be paid and make money. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to say no to it is a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what if they never come back? Yeah. Like you mean someone's going to wait months to work with me? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. Like that fear. Like, I feel like those fears, I mean, they get better, but they still like creep up where it's like, I'm going to lose the sale. Even though probably in that moment, the reason you're turning them away is you're fully booked. You're fine. Like you don't really, I literally don't, I can't take more. Yeah. And it's just, it's weird because it feels like the tides can shift really quickly. And again, these aren't conversations a lot of people are having. And so that was definitely a period that felt a little wonky. Like, okay, this is a good thing, but a hard thing. How do, how do I even process this? And then talking about it like publicly is hard because it's like my clients are like, yeah, shut up. Like all I want is one client and you're like, we can't take 10 more people. (laughs) But I know like I've seen this with a lot of clients and I've experienced it myself too, where like you'll have this big like increase, like best month ever. And then all the stuff comes up that needs to be cleaned up, like the team and the back end and boundaries and the list goes on. And then you do have to like intentionally slow down. But what I've seen it do for people too, and I don't know if you've experienced this or what your thoughts are, but it's like, it's literally intentional. It's literally for the highest good. You're doing all yep. the right things, but it still will bring up so much shame, so much scarcity and fear. And then it's like, this is what I see with clients outside looking and I'm like, please stop doing this. <laughs> it, it just sticks with them. And so then they have trouble like getting back there, mm-hmm. even though getting there the first time was so easy because they know what they're doing. They're great at selling, but yeah. now they're in your head like, why did I have a dip? It's like, you know why it totally. dipped. It right. Like you chose thing. to dip. Like we needed to dip. Yeah. I think that's where you have to almost think like a business owner and not the human that's involved in the experience of it is like, yeah. it's so normal. Like businesses have to have those seasons. And if you don't, that is like a surefire fire way to like scale yourself right off a cliff. <laughs> I was like, just clear I didn't want that so it's like this is hard but this is what I have to do and also again the mindset of like I'm really big on just creating the story or narrative I want around something so to me I'm like oh like a dip just means that like when I come back it's going to be my biggest thing ever and then that ended up be always being true though and if you think about it not just her mindset like yeah you cleaned up your back end you cleaned up your energy you cleaned up your boundaries like your clients are good of course, now you have more room to have your next biggest month. But I think there's so many toxic narratives in our space of like, it should always be a bigger, better month or the same. And that's just not fucking true. Yeah. Or and it doesn't not, need to be true. Yeah. And you kind of, it kind of, some of the marketing kind of sounds like, and if it's not always your biggest month, 
there's a problem, mysterious problem you need to hire me to fix. When it's like, sometimes there's not really a problem at all because yeah. you have the issues. That's what you're cleaning up. That's where your time is yeah. going anyway. But again, I think it literally is kind of like back to even being like new where you're, you just think it must be something mysterious. You think it must be something more than it is. Even when you obviously know what you're doing. Like, I mean, I see this with women making 50, 80, hundred K months. Yeah. And I've even had it happen at those levels. And it's like, when do we just accept, like, I know what the hell I'm doing a hundred percent. And I know like, like I'm in a season right now where we're probably around like 80 K months instead of like a hundred. <clears throat> We've been well over a hundred in the last year, but I'm like, when I think about it, I'm like, hi, I moved across the country. I've been living in a bi-coastal long distance relationship and I've never been in a serious committed relationship before. We're like moving in. I'm working on all these other things. Like I haven't done mindset to want anything other than this. So like, of course, this is what fucking happened and nothing's wrong with it. But it is like the narrative, the narrative in the industry is like, if it's not your biggest, bestest, don't even bother. Stop talking about it. And you're like, wait, hi, how did it become not cool to like, just be comfortable? Yeah. And also like, if we're thinking outside of just the money, like this month probably is one of your biggest, best months because like, I mean, I love how you're just chilling it's next so to a box. <laughs> like, have you seen my space, you guys? I just moved in literally yesterday. It's just a disaster. But this is my whole point is like, it, like this is what I want more than anything. Like, sure, would I, my ego love to make an extra 20K this month so I can be like, check, I made 100K. Yeah, sure. But like, whatever. I literally just moved in with like my human and have the most special thing happening. And I'm, I think the other thing to talk about, I'll kind of rant on this in a second is like, i still have plenty of profit. There's no worry. All of this is recurring. Like we are good. So it's like, it's, I just have to work through my ego stuff all the fucking time. I'm like, all right, we're good. But what I was, yeah. The other thing I was going to say is like a lot of people with the biggest, bestest month, they're spending, like, I think what a lot of people don't see from the outside too, is people will spend so much money to get there. And then like, what does biggest bestest even mean if you don't have profit? Like, that's been something also like I, my kind of business structure I talk about is pleasure and profit for people who don't know. And so like, if you don't focus around profit, you can keep having your biggest bestest month, but have nothing to show for it. And that like, I think what people don't know in the industry, and I, this was also another kind of like harsh reality of getting to this level is like, there's actually not a lot of people who are doing it the way I was doing it. And so like hearing from people where they're like, Oh, I'm making hundred K months, but like, I literally don't know how I'm going to pay you next month. Or I like, I, I'm freaking out. Cause like, I don't know what to, I'm like, what? Like, how are you making so much money and you have nothing to show? Or my account won't be like, you're my only client who can pay their taxes. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So like, just not believing everything that's on the internet around money like pick the right metrics I mean I feel like this is something I've been like processing myself this year like one of my own things I'm moving through of like yeah I think people think thinking about it's just not even a conversation to think about profit but it's like not at all spending and expenses that's abundant thinking like spend all this money <laughs> yeah. on the spend all this money on like the top dollar team which I'm totally fine with paying people top dollar. I will, I have, yeah. I do. 
but sometimes it's not even worth it. Totally. <laughs> just to have like, team to have team when you don't, you can't manage it. You don't even have the right outputs. Like it just becomes a disaster so fast. Like I, I think that's such a good point. And so I th- I just want to see the coaching industry also like your things like normalizing millions. Like, can we talk about profit? Like there's so many people who could literally live a better life at 20 hay buns than some people in the industry making 80, a hundred, yeah. 200, 500. Yeah. But like, if you're making 20 K months, you know, keeping your like contracted expenses at 20 K or more. Is yeah. Like- not the, not the and it's not necessary. Like it's literally not necessary is the thing. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, I think something for, I'm sure you think about this too, is like, how much do we share with our audience of like, you know, sometimes I'm like, should I share my taxes? Should I share my P&Ls? Like, like to have this conversation, but you know, like I don't need everyone to do it the way I'm doing it. But the fact that nobody shows it and talks about it and like people get in a lot of trouble in this area, I, I want that to shift in the industry of like, it doesn't like, you really don't have to have your biggest investors to change your whole life with money at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I think it's just an interesting thing for people to look at. Like, I feel like we can be more realistic with like what we're spending. It's not even about like how much you're spending in my opinion. Like that's not really the focus. It's more so like, yeah, are you really using the team? Do you actually know how to manage the team? Do you actually need I mean, I, I, I have, you know, people who are newer that come to me like, well, I have like a social media manager and a Pinterest ad strategist. Like, what? You ah, have and you're not even converting. Like what? Do you know what's working? They're like, no, nothing's working. Yeah. Or, you totally. know, it's just, yeah. So I think it's definitely something good for people to be, to be thinking about and looking at and yeah. not let this narrative that we have to be like, in abundance thinking mean that you're spending like top dollar on every single piece of your business all the time. Yeah. I've been thinking about how to say that recently of like, I think what people do get confused when it's like, go all in, they see that as a spend. And a lot of coaches have encouraged that narrative. And sometimes that is the vibe, but I think where like, what's helped me is be like, I'm all in, in terms of belief, energetics, even like I'm willing to do the hard, uncomfortable things. I'm not going to work. 80 hours, but like, I'll, I'll do the things that people won't do. And like, that's what got me further faster is like, cause there's a lot of people who throw money at things and they're not all in. Like you could have four coaches. You could have, you could literally hire all the quote unquote top coaches in the industry, the best team. You can poach their team. You can like copy their social strategy. Like that's still not you being all in and that's where people get in so much fucking trouble. Yeah. No, 100%. So I'm curious cuz I know one thing that you changed in your business, I forget when, so it's been like a decent amount of time is how you structure your mastermind and doing the profit. Yes. Like I mean, for everyone listening, they're probably like, "Wait, I I I don't know this." Yeah, I'll write I don't know you. <laughs> I, my my question is like, "How's it going?" <laughs> it's so good. Okay, so just for a back context, so yeah. my private coach her name's Lacey Seitz. So she's done revenue share through a private coaching model. She like only likes private, not only likes, but her thing is private coaching. She wanted to figure out how to scale it. So over time, she's basically brought on clients and did a small base rate and takes 10% of the revenue. So I pay, I mean, you can think about the years that I make. So I pay her, you know, 100K, 200K, 
in coaching fees, but it's a percentage. So that's also always helped me be like my coaching budget never exceeds 10% of my revenue. So that's helped me keep a profit margin as well. And even like if I took on an extra coach and something else, it's like that helps. So I've experienced the magic of like, oh, like I don't mind paying more, but it's because I'm making more. And if I have a like di- those dippy months, like I don't have to panic that I can't afford this like outrageous coach. And I think it was great for me for a long time. I charged some premium rates. But what I saw for the mastermind in particular was like, there was just people who, if they could afford to keep going, would have gotten such good results, but were priced out just because it it's in high demand. I can only have so many clients. And so I just, the price kept going up. And I was like, what, what, like, what the fuck would be a way I could do revenue share for this without like Lacey's way is it's all new revenue. But I was like, I can't zero out. Like <laughs> there's gotta be a base rate. And so what we did was base rate and then of a thousand a month plus 10% of all revenue, not new revenue. So some clients came in paying revenue on money they were making. But it's great because I can track what my clients are making. Like I actually can see what's working, what's not working. My clients have to learn their numbers and their profit. And that's really fucking helpful and empowering for them. So, um, and just like anything else, like, you know, there are seasons and dips as well. And it's hard because I went from a really high recurring mastermind revenue to like, now it's wavy. Um, But I think like the first month I made, 40k off of revenue share which meant my clients made over 400k yeah that month which is amazing um and then the other months have been lower a lot of people had like pay in fulls and big launches but it's like 27k off of it which like is so cool to be like my clients make a quarter of a million dollars every month in the coaching industry and like we can track what's happening so i love it i it makes me just I don't know, like reinvigorated to be like, yeah, like let's prove that coaching fucking works. And Mm -hmm. not that it has to work for everyone on the same timeline. Like I want my clients to be able to like go on maternity leave and not freak out if their income has to dip or when we have to slow down, like they're okay. And when they have a huge month, like they pay more. And I don't, I don't, yeah. Does that, I'm happy to answer other questions, but I love it. I'm very into it. How how have you like, how did clients react? What have you noticed like mm-hmm. different with your clients since making that change? Yeah, I think a couple clients at the beginning were like, well, why, like, why would I want to give you, especially for new people coming in, like, why would I want to pay that much of something I'm already making? But a lot of them like were already my clients or like saw the value and like, okay, but it also means it only goes up from here and whatever. So it definitely had to be some conversations and educating on like, yes, it means you're going to potentially pay more, but it also means you pay less if something happens, which I think is underestimated in our industry. There's so many people who drown in their coaching payments. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want that. I was like, and also economically, we didn't know what was going to happen this year. There's like a looming fucking recession still. So I was like, listen, if nothing else, my people can like pay a 1K a month. I will make sure you're positioned so fucking well to like ride this out. And no matter what happens, you're going to give value. You're going to show up. We're going to like become leaders. And like that, we can all ride that ride. Um, And so I think they also really felt like I was just in it with them in a new way. Like, oh, she like really believes in it is invested. And it was also on the flip side of that, the people I said no to 
I think had a hard time being like, do you not believe in me? Do you, like what, what's wrong? And it was like, no, it's just, there's only so many people at each level I can take on for this to work. And like, I do have to account for like, it's not like if you're a past client, I no longer believe in you, but there is a different game of like, if you're doing revenue share, what I'm considering in terms of who's the best client fit for that. Yeah. There were some hard conversations for sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that you share that because I actually had a conversation with Lacey for the podcast. So hers was like a little bit ahead of yours. So hopefully everyone's heard that and is like caught up to speed on the concept, you guys. If not, go listen. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, as you know, because you know her a lot better than me working with her, but she was like so real and honest about it. I was like, I love that. I love someone yeah. coming on and teaching their strategy and then being like, but it's not perfect. And it's not 100%. everything. And in a lot of ways, it does sound like it can bring up some more like tough conversations and things to navigate, but I'm really intrigued by it because it does, it feels like there's like a little bit more skin in the game on your part. And there's like mm-hmm. this, you know, I mean, as Lacey calls it partnership model, like there's this like yeah. partnership vibe, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I also can recognize that at the beginning of my business, this would not have been the right model for me. And for a lot of people, like I think, you know, if you don't have a financial safety net to do this, like that can put you in a really hard position if you don't have proven results and really know how to drive your clients results in a certain way, and be able to write out all the, the variables there. Like, yeah, so and I was just in a position to do that, too, which is super cool and had to be like, Oh my God, what if my income drops to 30 and prepare, but I mentally prepared for many fucking months for this. So that's the other thing to just talk about is like the bigger, the business you have, the slower you have to move. And I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of us who are very creative and like, we just have an idea and we want to go and like, we maybe we'll slow down a little cause we have team, but not but the bigger the business I've learned, my ship has to turn really slow, which has also been a, a really beautiful thing, but that was a hard lesson. And so in this case, it worked out really well because I had many months to prepare for the hard conversations, the change in the business model, the income, how we were going to do that, what that meant for this year. So, um, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. And so are my clients and they like love paying me. They feel... Like every month when we're like, hey, make your profit share payment, they're like, oh my God, I just made it. I feel so fucking good. I love this. Even if they're like, I'm sad I didn't pay as much as I wanted to or made last <laughs> month or whatever. Like, it, I don't know. There's something about it. Just, it feels really special. I love that. What's your, for people listening who are like, that might not be the right move or, I mean, obviously like, I feel like if someone's like a relationship coach, like you can't do (laughs) there's no revenue involved. Like what is your thought right now on pricing? Like in like the current Mm -hmm. current way, like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely gotten fucking inflated. I think there's like, we have to remember is everyone started at the bottom. So even the people you see right now that are charging 100K to work with them for a year, I mean, the people charging me like 800K, whatever, obviously <laughs> supply and demand, it's there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether their clients got what they wanted out of it, it's a different story, but like everyone starts somewhere. And so you have to think about like, what is, and even with the profit share and like that, it's like, what's the right business model for you where you're at in this season? What's the right pricing for you where you're at in this season? So there's a lot of like 
pressure to have premium prices before people are ready to deliver on premium prices or even energetically and emotionally like be able to hold something that intense, right? Like I got behind it early. I, I mean, I really struggled to get behind it, but then I was like, listen, if I fuck this up, I'll give someone their money back. There's not people who can say that, right? There's people yeah. who are like, oh, sorry, I'm fucked. If you want to refund, <laughs> let me go pedal another. But yeah, I think like, there's no shame in charging low prices. There's no shame in charging high prices. You should feel good about it, be able to deliver, have the supply and demand to back it up. And it's not to say if you're not selling that your pricing is the issue there, but it could be part of it. And I see it all the time as like, if someone just lowered their rates, they would feel better. And for someone like else, they have to raise their rights because they're now resentful. And there's just no right answer. But I do think be discerning with your investments just because you see other people doing other things doesn't mean it's right for you or even right for them. So just ignore it. Literally. I think that's the part. <laughs> just ignore it. Yeah. We, you don't see, it's like, you don't see that. Sometimes the people preaching certain things, like they feel weird about it too. Like they're still processing their stuff. You, 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 it's so important to be discerning with like, what is actually right for me. I mean, with my clients right now, I'm like, just charge what you want to charge because I'm having a lot of conversations where like, but I know I could charge this. My, I know it could be, I'm like, yeah, well, great. So now, you know, that the value is way hard, high, higher than yeah. you're charging. Like, Cool. Now it should be easier to go sell it because you're like, I'm fucking sold. Like you're getting the deal of a lifetime. Yeah, like you're I don't want up. I don't want you to feel like you're charging like the absolute most you could ever trick someone into paying for this. Like that's not the vibe. A hundred percent. And again, there is a time to stretch our pricing, but I think most people are stretch more often than they probably should or need to. And again, if I think if we think about it as like if pricing is what's going to allow you to like stay afloat, you're kind of in trouble already. Do you know what I mean? Of like, if you're like, well, I have to charge this or I'm screwed. It's like, well, you should look at your other expenses and like how we got here and how to take care of this because there, you're going to hit a point where you can't just keep charging or you're going to have to take a moment and pull back. And so there's more that goes into it than just because you can. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, not to cut us off on such a juicy topic <laughs> when I feel like we could go talk about like right, 20 guys. other things, <laughs> like five hour podcast episode. Yes. Um, I want to let everyone know where to find you. My opinion, and we'll link all of these is like, go friend her on Facebook, join her yeah. Facebook group, subscribe to her podcast yes. and join Agreed. her plus friends on Instagram. We have a new Instagram approach. Yeah. So when we got deleted, we came back. And so you just need to follow me on Facebook, on Instagram. It's Julia mother effing Wells. You speak Julia motherfucking Wells. We've been censored. Uh, and just DM me and say close friends and I'll add you. And so I share all the behind the scenes of my life and my launch and everything. And we're just trying that approach for now. Facebook is just Julia Wells. The, the group is called visible AF. The podcast is called wait, what the fuck just WTF. Uh, and it's all very real casual. I hear all the time, I have like the best fucking Facebook group. So if you're just like wanting real conversations, a space to be human and also see what it's like from me, like sharing, Hey, here's what I'm doing for my mindset work. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's some of the like good things happening. Cause like, don't get me wrong. Like it's as good as it seems and it's still hard and I'm a human. So I share the full motherfucking spectrum. Come find me. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Go follow her in all of the places. 
Thank you, Julia, so much for your time today. It was an amazing conversation. Thank you for the great questions and having me. Yes. All right, everyone listening, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Real quick before you go, if this episode gave you value, got you inspired, or has you feeling more confident than ever about your big goals, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a review? It would mean the absolute world to me and it helps other powerhouse women just like you find this show, which is truly the best gift that you could ever give me. So thank you in advance for leaving a five-star review. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.